Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So we have those in this room that do believe that He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Amen. Great God, our Father in Heaven, I believe that when we sang that song, there were many that were singing that from the heart, that we do believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way. Lord, this morning as we're gathered in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would tarry here with us. Father, meet each of us where we are. Each of us are experiencing probably different things in this physical realm. But spiritually, Lord, we also are probably experiencing different things. Some similar. Lord, our human experience is just that, a human experience. But, Father, there are those of us in, the, in this room right now that are acutely and keenly aware of the spiritual realm and the things that are happening spiritually, supernaturally. Lord, and those of us in this room who have made you our King, our Lord, our Savior, we have fellowship in the Spirit, your Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our, our comforter, our friend, our guide, our teacher, our strength. Lord, it's, it's that that we long for. Guidance, teaching, help. So Lord, as we continue to tarry in the name of Jesus here, I pray that your word would, would be just that to us, a help, a guide. Father, bring correction where it needs to be brought. But Father, may we all leave here today knowing that we had an encounter with you by your Spirit. And Lord, may we all leave here today knowing even more so than when we came in how much you love us. And Father, may each of us leave here today even more determined to love you. Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. So today, <laughs> Merry Christmas. This will be the last Sunday that we have together before Christmas. And so many of you have been with me for a long time. Those of you who are here and those of you maybe listening who couldn't be here, who have been with me for a long time. You know, I'm not a very conventional kind of preacher. So you won't get a conventional Christmas message. However, you will have uh, the truth. Last week we were talking about complacency. I think the Holy Spirit brought us a good message. And um, this week, if I have to name this message, it would be Complacency, Christmas, and the Rapture. So we're going to begin today in Galatians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters, I might add. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. And though many of you have been with me for a long time, you've heard this, and maybe some of you even knew it before I said it to you. But I want to just make sure that if you haven't heard it in a while, or if there's someone who's listening to me for the first time, that word Abba is, uh, it's an Aramaic, it's, it's Aramaic in its origin, and it means like daddy, it speaks to something more than just a biological father. When it says Abba, this is speaking about those of us in this room who are not just biological fathers, those of us in this room who stay near, stay close. As I see Mitch holding one of my granddaughters, and I stay near, stay close. And I see so many of you with your children close to you, bringing them to church with you. And so, oh, praise the Lord. Stay near, stay close. And this is saying that God has, is, He's our Abba. He's not just a, a faraway father someplace who has, you know, who has, has fathered us and then leaves us. No, He is close. He stays near. He stays close. This speaks to a closeness. This speaks to a relationship. Dad. He's our dad. Hallelujah. 
But I, I want to point out a couple of things because now in Galatians, as many of us know who have studied there, we know that uh, uh, the Apostle, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle is speaking a, a lot or uh, very specifically uh, to the Judaizers. And he's telling the church at Galatia, why would you go ahead and start off under the grace of God and believing and trusting in Jesus and then thinking that you have to, to, to then go back and, and fulfill the law. The law is already fulfilled in Christ. But my brothers and sisters, understand that he's not speaking just to Jews or, or those who think that you have to maintain the law because uh, he's speaking to somebody like me who is a Gentile, who, who, is, who, who is far from a Jew, who didn't really study, who didn't know anything about Jews. He's speaking to us. So to give us context, let me read for you what he said in Galatians 3 before this. This is to give us context in 26. Just listen to me. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So speaking to all of us, not just to our Jewish brothers and not just to those of us who think that we have to maintain Judaism or the Jewish law in order to be accepted by God. Amen? Amen. So we're all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. My brothers and sisters, Romans tells us, those of us who are not Jews, we've been grafted in. We're part of now the original olive tree. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Therefore, the, a- the Abrahamic promises also belong to us. And the main promise that was promised to Abraham was Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But I want to point out something to you. As I read in there, for as many of you were baptized into Christ, baptism does not make you a Christian. Baptism is part of being a Christian, but it doesn't make you a Christian. Baptism doesn't wash away our sins, as you know, and I'm not going to reteach all of this, but my brothers and sisters, and there may be someone who's listening by the internet, or it's recorded, my brothers and sisters, dear, this is part of the problem that we're experiencing in the church, and, and yet, no, it's, it's not just baptism is the, that thing that Tony did because he wanted to be identified with the life of Jesus. Amen? So I died. The old Tony died. The new Tony now lives after Christ. Amen? Okay, I know you knew that. I just wanted to make sure. But I want you to look back. Could we put that scripture back up there, please, Mary? Thank you. But when the fullness of time had come. So that's saying that there's, there was a time. There was something that had to happen. See, God had always, there, there was always that relationship that God desired. And, he, and then through the Jewish people or through the, the Israelis, I mean, God is ministering. God is showing himself. God is revealing himself to mankind. And then he always said, he, he said that he was, even from the garden, that there was going to be that ultimate sacrifice that would be made in, and pointing to Jesus, pointing, pointing, pointing. But when the fullness of time, there had to be a time. God had ordained a time. Are you with me? Amen. And we're talking about thousands of years from the time God first pronounced it in the garden until Jesus fulfilled it at the cross. Amen? Amen. Thousands of years. So now, that brings us to Matthew 25, beginning in verse 1. Jesus speaking. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. So I, I, I want us to look at, there's two, phrase, there's two phrases here that I want us to kind of linger on. And this brings us to this complacency thing or this, this, this thing that's lapsed, this time. Because my brothers and sisters, as I live my life, as we live our life, and as the message was yesterday, we're getting kind of swept away with the culture, into the culture. We have to stay busy. We're doing all of these things and we don't even realize it. But, you know, the further time goes, are we getting stronger or are we getting further away? Are we getting swept away? Is our attention fully on uh, our redemption, which is drawing near, or is our attention on something else? Are we being swept? My brothers and sisters, so I want to point out the two phrases. Look at what it says. While the bridegroom was delayed. You see that? The bridegroom was delayed. So let's go back. When the fullness of time had come. 
there's this time element here. There's a see, and it's hard for a guy like me, and maybe some of you might feel the same way. Um, you know, when something is uh, promised to me, or let's let's look at it this way: uh, How many of of, the, of our young people have either seen or know that there's presents awaiting, and they can hardly wait to open up that present? I know my little granddaughters are so trained. We, my, Rachel sent us a little video of of McKinley already tearing at one of the presents. Uh, obviously she's doing what she knows as a baby, the colors or whatever it is. She's not really anticipating, doesn't know any better. But I know that when I was a kid, I knew my mother had a hiding place for the presents and I pretty much knew where that thing was. And so if she's listening right down there, she's probably shaking her head and shaking her finger right now. But the thing about it is I knew where it was, so I went down there and I looked and I could see Bobby Hell Hockey. Bobby Hall, anybody remember? Nah. You remember that? There was a little hockey. Hey, praise the Lord, there's another old guy in the room. There was a Bobby Hall hockey game, and I wanted that thing, and she got it for me. So I, was, I went down, I looked in a secret hiding plot, spot, and I could see the box. She hadn't wrapped it, I could see the box. Well, I, I, I didn't want to wait. I mean, I, I, I was hoping. Man, I did a lot of f- neat things. I, I'll tell you what. My mother, when it was getting close, she, okay, make y'all's Christmas list and this, but she didn't say y'all. We were from up north. You guys, make your Christmas list. She said it more like that. Make your Christmas list. You put it on the refrigerator. And what I and she went, you got to be good. If you're not good, you know, those things will start getting X'd off that Christmas list. Well, I put the stuff that I didn't really want on the top of the list, and then the stuff I really wanted was on the bottom of the list. This way, I had a little grace. I had a little, I had a little float time. You know what I'm saying? I could get away with teasing my sister or doing something, and if it was bad, it got marked off the list. No big deal. I was buying time, baby. I was buying. So, so, so my brother says, but nevertheless, I'm having a little fun up here with it, but you understand. You know, uh, when we're promised things, I mean, you can hardly wait. I know uh, I can hardly wait. Um, and, and maybe you, some of you women can certainly understand, you know, the last trimester of pregnancy. You want that baby to be born. <laughs> you know, and there's that, but there's this time element that has to take place. There's this thing. So God, when we see something like this, when the fullness of time, God had a plan. And there had to be something that, that had to take place and possibly and probably more definitely many things that had to take place. And so now we also again see that in this parable that Jesus is telling and I believe he's te- he is definitely speaking in my opinion about the end times and the rapture of the church and he's saying, listen, there was this delay, there's this, there's this waiting, if you will, that must take place. And he's speaking to these uh, these wise and then these foolish. So we'll come back to that. But my brothers and sisters, we have this, this time delay, this, this thing that happens. I want to go to Malachi chapter 3. I'm going to read that and you'll, it'll be up there and then we'll go to another Malachi verse and then we'll get into it a little bit more. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 1, here's what it says. Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So this is speaking about John the Baptist and Jesus. He's sending Jesus. He's talking about the covenant. And he's sending Jesus. My brothers and sisters, this is an awesome, awesome thing that God is speaking through his prophet uh, Malachi. And then further, now the last couple verses in the Old Testament, not just in Malachi, but in the whole Old Testament, are these. Same, uh, in, I'm sorry, in chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Behold, I send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. That was the last time God spoke like that to his people. That is the last couple of verses in the, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament. So, so there was a, a, a period of time of approximately 400 or a little better than 400 years where there were no more words given. That was it. And see what the last words are saying. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Thank God, the earth, every, everything, even God's own people became so wicked and evil. They, in, in Malachi, you see what Malachi is saying to them. You know, you bring the, the sacrifices and you bring the lame uh, the lambs. You bring the ones that are infirmed. You bring the sin. You don't even care what your sacrifice looks like that you're bringing to God. And knowing full well that God anyway pr- pr- 
prefers obedience over sacrifice anyway. So you're bringing all of these, even in your religious practices, you're cheating. You're not even, you're not even putting a good show on. Come on. And that was the last time that God spoke through His prophets. And then you have a period of time. You have a long period of time. A few hundred years. Centuries. And you have many people, I guess down through those centuries, who were looking for God, looking for the Messiah, who still studied scriptures. Amen? There's still Jewish history. There's still history of the earth. A lot of things have happened. And did happen, as I, as I would say. So that's you know part of this, this opportunity for complacency part. You have this promise and you have these things that are happening and then you, and then you have all of this time. Now we'll go to the Christmas part. Yay! <laughs> so, so now when you have those, all of those centuries go by and now God begins to speak. God is moving. Uh, the first thing that we see as it relates to that in the scripture is um, Zacharias. Zacharias is the father of John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist's father was a priest and it was his turn to go in and offer the incense. Now, he goes in there, if you'll remember, he goes in to offer the incense and the angel Gabriel appears. Now, many of you know this, but just so everybody's on the same level here, on the same platform, so to speak. Now, John, the Baptist's father and mother, they were trying so many years to have a child and they could never have a child and they had been praying all these years for God to bless them with a child. So now when, uh, the pre- when Zacharias, the priest, goes in, he's, he's, he's getting ready to offer the incense, he sees Gabriel and Gabriel announces to him that they're going to have a kid. But it was, you know, he great fear. I could imagine you think you're in there by yourself. It says the multitudes are outside praying because if he's not right, he ain't coming out. The, so, so you're in there, and I could I, I could imagine the hush, and you're and you're getting ready to offer the incense, and I could see your eyes maybe, and you and then all of a sudden, hello, Zachariah. <laughs> there is no question in my mind that he was on his face sucking rug. There is no question, and so now and now the angel tells him. So now God is speaking to man again and through this angel and God is, is answering prayer and God is fulfilling what he's, He promised. Amen? And what He says to him is that you, know, you are going to have... Your prayers are going to be answered. Now Zacharias did probably what a lot of people might do and says, how am I going to know that this is true? Uh-oh. I'm going to give you a sign it's true. Gabriel says, hey, listen, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Here you go. You won't be able to utter a word until that baby comes. I'm a, I'll, okay, you want a sign? Here's your sign. Amen? But man, it, 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 but God now is speaking. God now is speaking through His angel. You know what? We also see, uh, God also speaks to Mary. Now, God also goes to Mary through Gabriel. And announces to Mary a, a young woman who, as we know, is betrothed to a, a man. They're, they're, they're engaged and the contract. Is, that's a sealed thing. It's not just putting a ring on and we set the date and now we're going to get everything in order. We're going to plan the wedding. No. This is a legal binding contract. It's like they're married already, except they don't get to live together. Just like you. You're betrothed to Christ. He's living with you by, your, by His Spirit. He's leading, guiding, and directing you. But we're waiting for our groom to appear in the sky so his bride can meet him in the air not too long from now. Hallelujah. So Mary was was betrothed to Joseph and this angel Gabriel visits her and tells her what's going to happen. Now I've always admired her and I'm sure some of you uh, as well because again... Uh, a few years ago I, I taught this and preached this you know again it's hard for us maybe to understand how serious this was for a girl who is now betrothed in that culture to be pregnant and she's not married yet you know that's not just an everyday occurrence back then back then you get stoned to death back then they took those things seriously 
My brothers and sisters, that wasn't just a social morality. That, that violated the very essence of who God was. Oh, God is love. Yeah, He is love. And because He loves, He knows sin will kill you. He wants you not to do it. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, so, so she, okay, how is this going to happen? She goes, oh no, not me. How is this going to happen? Because I've never been physical with a man. And don't plan on it. Now I added that little bit because, listen, my brothers, she is, she's, how is this going to happen? And of course we know that Gabriel pronounced the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. This is going to happen miraculously. This is a spiritual thing that's going to happen. And tells who this baby is going to be. And my brothers and sisters, so God is talking now. God is talking to His people. God is talking to us. God now, the, the, He's ready to go ahead and perform those things that He's promised. Amen? Hallelujah. So then, let's fast forward just a little bit. Approximately nine months or so later. Now, John the Baptist is born. Right? Now, they were all, they being the family members, they're gathered around, and, you know, Elizabeth is saying, his name is John. How can you name him John? There's nobody in your family named John. There's nobody, you know. And so they go, they appeal to the daddy, and the daddy writes it down. His name is John. There ain't no question about it. I haven't spoke for nine months because I knew this was coming. And what that angel told me to do, that God delivered that message to it's going to be done. His name is John. And as soon as that happened, when that baby was born, you know what? John prophesied. I'm sorry, Zacharias prophesied. And he gave a prophecy. He, it was awesome about what the John the Baptist would become, what about his life, what, what would happen. Totally prophesied. And I, I, I want to just give you the last little bit of that prophecy. That's going to be in Luke uh, 1, 76. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. Hallelujah. He's speaking of his son. You, prophet, will be called prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high was, has visited us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now you have 400 plus years of silence and now God is speaking. And when God speaks, things are happening. Things are happening. So now even when God spoke, to understand, even when God spoke to like Zacharias, there was still that nine-month gestation. There was still that period. Okay, that's, that's a little bit easier for us to grab a hold of. We know that it takes nine months for a baby to be born. When Mary, when, when, when the angel spoke to Mary and said, this is what's going to happen. You know, God also spoke to Joseph, Mary's uh, husband-to-be. In a dream, the angel spoke to Joseph. So now, we have silence. Silence. Now, 400 plus years later, whoo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is about to do something. Amen? Hey, have you ever been praying and you feel like the heavens are brass? Like, like you're, it's, it's just, it can't get through. Man, you've been praying for something for a long time. Have you, and, and you just, and it, you know, something's just not happening. It's not happening the way you're praying, and you just don't feel like God is maybe hearing you. And you, it's not that you don't have a relationship with God, it's just that this thing, that it's just not happening. It's not, it doesn't seem to be working out. Right? God is not hearing me. I haven't heard an answer. Listen, wait. Wait. You know what? If you didn't hear a no, if you didn't hear a yes, then hey, the answer may still be on its way. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Look how long this took. Look how long this took. It doesn't say exactly how many years, I, I, I can't re- recall how many years that maybe Zacharias and Elizabeth had been praying, but it was definitely a number of years. Amen? So then we see God speaking and God moving and now Mary's pregnant and everything that happened like God said it would happen is happening. And then it comes. The day comes. And Jesus is born. And so the day that Jesus is born, angels appear and they're singing with heavenly hosts singing the praises and and they were all in the temple singing to all the religious people and announcing, no, they were not. No, you know where they were? 
They were out in the field where the shepherds were. They announced it to the shepherds, the people who were not the ones that people necessarily wanted to be around. They were maybe the underclass people, maybe the people that weren't, you know, they're not educated. That's the kind of jobs that they do. Come on now. The angels sang. They announced the coming of the Lord to those people who were the ones that were looked down upon. Today, in the city of David. Amen? Amen. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. Hallelujah. Awesome, awesome stuff. Then I, and then I see something else in this, 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 this promise that's being fulfilled after all of these hundreds of years of waiting. Not to mention... Uh, when the, from when the promise was made in the garden. So you, again, we're talking about thousands of years when it was first announced till now. You have all of these centuries and now you see things happening and you see the way this is unfolding and it's not unfolding in the middle of the temple. It's not unfolding where all the religious people are, are, are gathered. This is unfolding among those people who have a heart and, and, and a vision for God. They have a... Cl- so now you have, now this is where, it, I, 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 just a little bit. In, in Matthew, we have these wise men from the east. Some of the term is, is magi, which we get for magician and all this other stuff. But these, are, these really are wise men, and the reason why they're referred to wise men, they're educated, they're, they study, they have, they're studying philosophies, no doubt. They're, they're, these, you know, they could be doctors, they could be you know, just people who are, who are very educated, who, are, who study different philosophies, different writings. Don't forget, I mean, prior to Rome, there was Greece, and Greece had all of the, the, you know, the educated people, and they, you know, they, they had such a, a vast... Reach, and that's where we got. That's where the Old Testament was uh, written in Greek, uh, because of the vast reach that 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 was had during that time, that era when, um, let's see, who was it? Alexander the Great had conquered all of those lands. So you have educated people, and you have people who read, and so there's no question, my brothers and sisters, that these wise men from the east they came. They said that they saw the stars, so they study astrology. They're they're looking at. The stars, they're looking at all, they're, they're very educated, they're very learned, and they're looking, and, but they know the Hebrew Scriptures. How do I know that? How do I know that? Because they have to absolutely have heard or read or both about this king that was coming. And they were so convinced of it. And they were so moved by it. When they saw that star, they followed it. And they went to Herod who was then the puppet king under Rome. And they went to Herod. Because they figured, maybe, you know, if, if they got to think, this is going to be a celebration, this is a big thing. Instead, they, they, they don't find that, amen? So in Matthew 1 and 2, here's what it says. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And there was a, a, I think it's in Numbers. You know, remember the evil prophet Balaam? The evil prophet, you know, and what he was, he was able, the Holy Spirit ministered to him somehow, some way, because he knew the word and he had gotten some insight from God. Amen? So remember also when he was asked by that w- uh, wicked king, the enemy of Israel, to, to uh, set Israel up, put a curse on Israel, he couldn't do it. But then there was one thing, I think it's, I, I believe it's in Numbers, where he says, he being Balaam, he makes this prophecy, he makes this statement, I see, but not now, I see afar off, right? The star in Judah, the scepter. He's speaking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's speaking about this King that was, was to come, and he says this star. Could it be that... Um, these magi, these wise men from the east, they read part of that? Could it be they read Isaiah's prophecies of the Messiah that was to come, the King of kings and the Lords of lords? Uh, verse 14 in chapter 7 of I, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. How about Isaiah 9.6? Isaiah 9.6 For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. 
right? And the government shall be on his shoulders. And he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Could it be that they maybe had read some of Isaiah's prophecies? Could it be? So whatever it was, these men knew enough about the Jewish scriptures, about the Hebrew scriptures, where they were looking for this king that was to be born. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the fullness of time had come, there was to be enough people, not just in that little area, but even areas that surround. Amen? So now, you know, Jesus is on the scene. They, pay, they, they go and they visit with Jesus. We know they visit. But now we don't know if he was still in a manger. You know, those, those little nativity scenes where you see the wise men sitting there, I don't know if that was, that's necessarily the case. Because they went to a house, it says in the scripture, and um, they paid homage to Jesus there. They worshiped Jesus there. But regardless of where it was, these uh, wise men, these wise men from the east, they worshiped Jesus. They recognized who he was. So fast forward just a little bit. Now Jesus is um, um, at the age where he has, to, um, he has to be dedicated to the Lord according to the law of Moses. Amen? So uh, Mary and Joseph bring him to the temple so that he can be um, given to the Lord, that he can be dedicated to the Lord. And there's a, a man by the name of, of Simeon there. Simeon, um, older man, I'm just going to read to you because I don't want to try to do it from memory and then just do it. I want to do it justice. In verse 25 of Luke 2, just listen to me, it won't be up. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Can you imagine that? Okay, so now I want to pause here for just a minute. So now you have all of this time that's passed. And now all of a sudden, we have these angels speaking God's word. And now God is speaking through his angels and through dreams. And he's speaking to his people. But here we see that sometime before that or during that, could have been very well before that. Maybe when this man was a young man, because he was devout. Maybe when this man was a young man, Holy Spirit spoke to him. Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, you will see the coming of the Messiah. So there's some individual things that are going on here. Maybe God is not addressing uh, you know, everybody that you think he should be addressing. Or maybe, maybe God is just addressing an individual. Or may, whatever it may be. Maybe, may, maybe the heavens are brass to you right now. But maybe God is speaking to somebody for you. Maybe it is an angel who's going to give you a revelation in a dream. Or maybe it's the angel of the church, a heart of worship. My brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter. God speaks to His people. God speaks to those people who want to find Him. Those people that were far in the east, those people weren't even Jews. They weren't even Israelis. But they were searching writings and scriptures. These men were wise. You know why I think part of it was they were wise? Not just because of their education, but somehow, some way, they knew that this life consisted more than just what we can achieve in a body. Come on now. They knew that there was a whole other aspect of this life on this planet, that there was something more, and they were looking for the something more. Hallelujah! And I could just imagine those shepherds out there singing and praising the Lord, maybe the stuff that they were taught in Sunday school, in that case Saturday school, they were taught some things, and I could see them out there at night when it's a little bit cold, when it's a little bit, and they feel like they're all alone, and they are seeing some stars shining bright at night, and they were saying, Hallelujah! Praise God! God, I'm feeling awfully lonely out here. God, it's going to take me a long time to earn enough money to buy that chariot or whatever it is, but God, you are sufficient for me. Maybe it was that. So those angels, when it came time to announce something to somebody, God sent them to that field where those little boys were praising and praying and waiting on God. Hallelujah. So whatever is you're praying for, whatever is you're waiting on, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hallelujah. There's a, there's a process of time. There's a process that has to take place. 
Hallelujah. So he came, he being Simeon, he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when, he, when the parents brought the child in, when, parents, when Joseph and Mary brought Jesus in to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him, Simeon took Jesus in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Now I can go to you in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Hallelujah. So the heavens go silent for a few centuries, 400 plus years, and now God is speaking loudly and boldly. And now He's speaking through His prophets. Because now all of a sudden, this man Simeon, he doesn't, he's not just somebody sitting there waiting on the constellation of Israel any longer. He sees this promise that God made to him personally fulfilled and now all of a sudden he becomes a prophet because he tells Mary and Joseph what is about to happen. And even to the extent that he tells Mary that your heart is going to be pierced. Right? A lot of you remember that. So at this same time, while uh, Mary and Joseph are dedicating Jesus according to the custom, you have this other woman named Anna. I'm going to read to you out of Luke, and this is verse 36, chapter 2, 36. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and lived with a husband seven years for her virginity, and this woman was a widow of about 84 years. So wait, she's, I, if I'm reading this right, and if this is translated exactly to the letter, that means she was already married, and then after she, her, her husband died, um, she lived 84 years beyond those years that... So if she was married in her teens, this woman is close to 100 years old. Wow. But she did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of Him to all of those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Are you, are you hearing this? I, I, I love to picture these things. So I can see this little old woman, just wrinkled up as she can be, but still very active in the Lord. And still, listen, she's living basically at the temple. From the time that her husband passed away, she wasn't looking for another husband. No, she was looking for the main husband. Hallelujah. She was looking for Jesus. She's looking for my brothers and sisters. She served God. And because she served God, God let him see, let her see, excuse me, let her see the salvation. Let, she recognized who Jesus was. Just as an infant. And people are marveling. And she recognizes and she, and she blesses. My brothers and sisters, hallelujah. All of those years... And she stayed faithful all of those years. Let me ask y'all something. Can we even stay faithful 84 days? I'm not trying to be funny. Can we stay faithful for 84 days? Can we go 84 days without getting angry at somebody? Can we go 84 days without letting something cross our lips that's totally ungodly? Can we go 84 days without token or drinking or doing all of these things that are totally designed, and I'm saying it, totally designed to take our attention off Holy Spirit? Can we do that? Oh, come on now. 84 years of serving God, and look at what God did. But there's this process of time. There's this process of time. But I'm a 21st century human being living in the United States. We want it now. And when it doesn't happen now, we're, we're kind of maybe getting bored or, or maybe we're looking... No. There's this process of time that has to take place. There's something that's happening in your life and in my life that has to take place. And it may not even be... Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. And here's the problem. I think it's about me. But it ain't about me. It's about all of those... See, remember what the Holy Spirit says through Peter? You know what? There are many that will say, Hey, where's this? You've been talking about the coming back of your Lord all these years. Where is He? The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. But, but, 
There's this time that the element that has to take place. He's not willing that any should perish. There are those people who God already knows in his heart, in his mind, who are about to say, Jesus, I love you, save me. And because he's waiting for those people to say, Jesus, I love you, save me, before he appears in that sky, that's what he's waiting for. And when that last one goes down on their face and says, Lord, save me, guess what? Woo! The sound of the trumpet. Tony, come up hither. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's this process. There's this time element that has to take place, my brothers and sisters. And get over yourself. Because it ain't always about you. But sometimes it might be about you. Maybe you're the one that God is waiting for. I don't care how long you've been in the churches. We're going to find... See, because now we're going to get to the rapture part. See, we talked about, you know, we talked about, you know, complacency. We talked about Christmas and the complacency that maybe took place before Christmas. But now we're talking, let's talk about the rapture. Let's go back to our original text, Matthew 25, beginning in verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise, five were foolish. Those who were foolish took the lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels and with their lamps, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they slumbered and slept. Let me pause here for a minute. Okay. Now, you're, you're, you're going to get different interpretations of this, I know, but let me just tell you something. When it's talking about five wise and five foolish, and they say, well, this is saying that Christians, all Christians were lulled to sleep and they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. That's not what it's saying. I don't believe that at all. What I believe this is saying is, even listen, if you're prepared, if you're, if you're prepared, you've got that oil, you've got the lamp trimmed, ready to go, it's ready to go. You can sleep in peace. You ain't got to keep a wide open in case you miss it. Come on now. Man, I was alive and I was a baby Christian back in the early 80s when another one of those false teachers said, the Lord is coming back. Was it 84 or something like that? The Lord is coming back. I know people that didn't go to sleep that night and were outside waiting for the Lord to come back. No! Go to sleep. Sleep peacefully. Sleep and don't even have to worry about having one eye open. My brothers and sisters, if you're living for Jesus, if your lamp is filled with oil, if that light is burning bright, sleep, my brother. Sleep, my sister. Hallelujah to God. Don't worry. Don't worry. Hallelujah. So, man, those five were wise. They were able to sleep in peace because they were already prepared. Verse 6, at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose, all ten, not just the five who were ready, the five who weren't ready or didn't have the oil as well. They all virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us, and you, uh, but go rather to those, and our lamps go out, blah, 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 whatever. But you go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went, in, went with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I don't even know you. Watch therefore. Watch. See, now this is the conclusion. This is Jesus speaking now to the people. That was a parable. It's to, he's saying he's making a point. And now that the parable is over, he's saying to you, to me, to them, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Hallelujah. He could have came last night. While you were out there at the club. He could have came last night when you were half in the bag. That's right, I said it. See, you know why? Because there are Christians in churches right now all over this place. This church, other churches. There are Christians all over the place that were getting their buzz on last night. There are Christians all over. There, I know it. How do I know it? Because I'm judging them? No, because they told me. They literally have told me. There are Christians that were involved in illicit relationships last night that are in church today thinking that their lamp is ready to go. Uh-uh. My brothers and sisters, this is, this is speaking to us. Man, we can't be complacent. We can't be overwhelmed with, listen, with the culture and the cultural churches and the new gospels that are being preached and taught with mainline denominations saying that all of these sins that God says specifically are not acceptable. God says 
Specifically, if you do these things, you can't get to heaven. How much more plain does he have to be? But yet there are still pulpits that are saying, that's okay, we need it. I heard something this morning where a minister had said a while back that in a, in a denominational meeting, a big, uh, you know, the higher ups in the denomination, where he said, we need another gospel. Because times have changed. And we can't live our lives according to these tenets. Are you kidding me? Is he forgetting the place that it says in here, Jesus Christ attained yesterday, today, and forever? How about this? You cannot all Scripture, what all Scripture, not some all, is given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Not your Scripture. This Scripture. Anyone, how about this? Anyone who adds to or takes away the plagues and the curses that are in this Bible, let it be upon them. Does it say that in here? It absolutely says it in there. So who am I? To say, I need another gospel. No! He's given me everything that I need. And the oil that he's talking about is just that. His Word and Spirit. Holy Spirit. See, there's another argument. Well, the oil is not the Holy Spirit, brother. The oil is this. The oil. Fooey! You know what the oil is? All of it. Because let me just tell you this. This Word will not do anything for me, to me, with me, without Holy Spirit. So, it's all of the above. I need His Word and His Spirit in me, and I need to be adding to that as I'm living and waiting for Him. That's being prepared. That's having the oil. Amen? Hallelujah! Be ye being filled. Does that say in the Scriptures? Don't be drunk with wine where it is in excess, but be ye being filled. Be in this steady process of ever being filled with His Spirit. See, that's speaking to the five wise. Now, you have some wisdom. How do you know that? Because I just told you, and I'm speaking wise. No, you, how do you know that? That's straight from the Word of God. So what are you going to do with it? So what are you going to do with it? Are you going to leave here today, tomorrow, the next day, the day after that, and go ahead and continue to go your merry way and figure out what is the next thing that I'm going to do that pleases me? What is the next thing that I'm going to say, do, or who am I going to uh, call up with? Who am I going to, what is the next thing that I'm going to do that satisfies my flesh? Oh boy. See, isn't this a great Christmas message? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. See, my brothers and sisters, He did come. He did. But remember, the life that He led, the, the, you know, that, that miracle birth and that pronouncement and announcement of that, that, that promise had to be fulfilled in His death, in His burial, in His resurrection. Why? Because the sins had to be paid for. My sins and yours, they had to be paid for. Why? Because it is the sin that kills us. God is, God is not looking to drop the hammer on you. God is, not, God is trying to do everything He can to keep the hammer from dropping on you. But listen, but be, see, that life, that, that promise, when the time was right, He came. He came. See, there had to be people in place the religious leaders, there had to be the right religious leaders who would not accept him. There had to be the right Roman procurator. There had to be this. There had to be all of those pieces were in place. There had to be the right people who would accept him. The apostles that would, st- that would see him after he rose and then have enough zisboom boss so that when he said to them, go to Jerusalem and wait that they would wait, not knowing exactly what was going to happen and not knowing exactly what was going to happen. Those lamps were ready. Those lamps were already burning because he said, receive you the Holy Spirit before he left. Gave them enough, gave them a dose of the Holy Spirit. Receive you. So they're waiting, not knowing exactly. Those men, that had to happen. There had to be a Barabbas that people would say, give us Barabbas instead of give us Jesus. Are you there? So, so, so watch, all of these things, God knew, and God was waiting for the right time, the right circumstance. So let me ask you, are you a wise virgin, or are you foolish? See, because there are a lot of... I think that when Jesus is... See, I want you to really notice something. I don't think that I really took this apart very well for you. So give, give me just a little bit more time, if you would. See, Jesus is speaking to these virgins. These, they, have a, they have a knowledge of Him. 
they have a knowledge of Him. And they started off with some oil and a light, didn't they? They had a fire. They had some oil. So they started somewhere. They received something of God. They received something from God. But what happened? The process of time. They spent their time not refilling, not going to the Word and to the Spirit to keep their lamps filled. They were too busy doing the other things. Come on, this is good preaching now. Now it's getting really good. Hey, they were too busy doing other things. They were too busy listening to their second favorite preachers. And saying, okay, this is great, or whatever that message is. Anything but not the truth. And only the truth and the Spirit puts oil in the lamp and keeps the light burning, baby. Boy, so I hope somebody wrote that down. Only, come on now. Only that. My brothers and sisters, so this is speaking, Jesus is speaking to His quote-unquote church. There are a lot of people that will go to church. There's not even a lot of people that will go to church on Sunday anymore. We know because of this COVID thing. This is the enemy. This is the enemy conditioning all of us to, to stay away from each other so that that now becomes our habit. Our habit now is, I don't have to go. I can listen to it online. And then let me just tell you something. I won't listen to it online unless I need to cop a few more Zs because, you know, now it's a little bit easier for me to go ahead and party on Friday, or I'm sorry, on Saturday, so I can go ahead and maybe, you know, do a little bit of something sleeping in on a Sunday, so I'll just turn it on when I get ready. Oh, guess what? Then after a little while, you ain't going to get ready anymore. Ooh. Ooh. See, that's becoming a habit. I, I don't need to go to church, but I can listen at home. Then all of a sudden, there's going to be an excuse for me not to listen at home. If you're listening at home and something comes up, oh, I better go help my husband. He's about to do something. He's about to burn the house down. I better, you know, he's trying to cook me breakfast. He's about to burn the house down. I'm going, no, are, are you with me? It's a little bit silly, but you understand what I'm saying. There's going to be distractions. See, at least sometimes you have to make believe you're paying attention to Pastor Tony when he's preaching. At home, you ain't got to do that. There ain't no Pastor Tony looking at you. But God is. But God is. Come on now. Are you feeling me? More important, are you hearing the Spirit? My brothers and sisters, God is speaking to the church. There's a lot of people in different churches across this land and even full gospel churches and even churches that are preaching the truth that a lot of people are not keeping their lamps filled. What are you chasing? Again, this week, you'll know whether you're a wise or foolish virgin. I pray that the Lord would minister to you this word so that your actions would immediately arrest your heart to tell you that you're being a foolish virgin. The things that you're doing aren't keeping you looking up. Because He's coming soon. Amen? Amen. Now, there may be some who are listening to me. There may even be some in this room. You have never, ever... I mean, you thought you're okay. You've been listening to the Word for a little while. You may even be listening to Pastor Tony for a while. It doesn't matter. Pastor Tony can't save you. Your second favorite pastor or preacher can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. And He can only save you when you say, I trust you. I receive you. I receive your sacrifice. I realize that I, no matter how good I thought I was, I realize that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I trust that your blood paid the price for my sin. And that's it? You walk away? No. Now... I need for you to be the Lord of my life. I need your spirit in me to teach me, to lead me, to guide me, to help me. Because I can't leave this floor, this altar, this closet and live the same way I lived when I got there. This has to be life-changing, Lord. So if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I pray that this message that God spoke to you Somehow, some way, and you want to do it now. 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 And my brothers and sisters, you've known the word for a long time. And man, you've had some some really high and significant points. You've seen miracles, signs, and wonders, and you know God has heard your prayer. 
And man, and you've, you've, God has just been all, you've, you've felt like, gosh, God, God's presence all over you at times and all that, but now you've drifted. This process of time kind of made you drift just away just a little bit. This is not, this, this is not rocket science. I'd love to say, well, you know, I'm going to wave a magic wand over you. I'm going to say these special words. No. No, you just have to go ahead and go back to your first love. You need to just go, have, you need to go back to the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, forgive me. I knew better, but the flesh got too strong. So now I ask you to help me. Help me. My flesh is weak, but you're strong. So help me. Amen? Amen. And for those of you who think, none of that applies to me. I'm all right. I'm ready to roll. (laughs) The minute we start thinking that, no, there's always more. I'm not saying, oh, y'all are dogs. I'm not saying that. But I want more of Jesus. How about you? I want more of Jesus. I want more of Jesus. I want to make sure that when I get my face and I'm praying for you, I'm praying for my family, my grandkids, that it's just, there is no, any kind of, you know, variableness in the frequency that, man, it's a straight shot right to his throne room. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So stand with me, please. So God, we love you. We ask in Jesus' name that if there were anyone that, that any of those words applied to, Lord, that you've already arrested some hearts and minds. And Lord, that there are already some decisions that are being made. Father, that we've come to the point where we know yeah, that we thought we were ready, but you know, our eyes have looked upon other things And during this process of time, we've drifted away just a little bit. So Lord, if it's one of those, I pray right now that they would bow at your feet. They would confess. And Father, I pray that you would restore them. Father, that they would be fully restored in Jesus' name. And also, Father, for those who have never, ever called upon the name of the Lord, who have never been saved, who have never come to repentance. Lord, I pray if that person during the course of this message Father, they felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray right now, even now Father, that you would grab hold of their hearts. Father, cause them to turn their heart toward you. Father, to cry out and ask for forgiveness. Father, that they may be become a wise virgin. Lord, fill them with your oil. Lord, fill all of us, those of us even who have been your servants for a long time, Lord. And sometimes we do get tired, Lord. Sometimes we see and it looks like the enemy is, 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 is beating us on all sides. Father, but I pray right now that you would give us eyes like you gave that servant of Elijah. Father, give us eyes to see that your army far outnumbers all of those armies that are stacked against us. Father, that your army is even more powerful than my own flesh. So thank you, Jesus, for this victory that you've given me. Thank you, Jesus, for of your own will obeying the command of God. Taking a body. Living a life in total obedience. Knowing that the end of it would be brutal and that you were the only one qualified to do it thank you Jesus for being born thank you Jesus for dying and thank you Jesus for saving me I pray this in your name Jesus and I ask that you would bless everyone that's listening everyone that's here Father bless us this year Father, if we have a year, fantastic. If we don't have a year, whatever time we have left, Father, bless us and allow us to bless you. Father, let us not waste a single moment chasing things of this world. 
Father, rather, help us to always be mindful. Holy Spirit, continue to poke us, continue to prod us, continue to lead, guide, and direct us in all that we do. I pray this in Jesus' name. I pray this, Lord, with the most sincere heart that I can actually beg you for. Father, help each of us in everything that we do, in all that we are. Help us to be totally sold out to you. Lord, we're weak. We can't do it without you. So please, Lord, fresh touch, fresh fire, fresh oil. Fill us, Lord. Fill us. We're asking for a fresh outpouring, Father. Oil. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Fill us. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen.